0: بودكاست لونشون فاير حلقة رقم 108 بودكاست لونشون فاير أول بودكاست متخصص ومهتم في عالم ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة بالشرق الأوسط يقدم لكم محدثكم خالد الزنكي وهدفنا في البودكاست مساعدة كل من يبي خل عالم ريادة الأعمال والبزنس علشان ينجح في البدايه نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست Launch on Fire الراعي البلاتيني وزارة الدولة لشؤون الشباب الراعي الذهبي اسنان تور ووان جلوبال ونشكر الجهات الإعلامية الراعية بعد سينسكيب مجلة خليج اسك والجمعية الدولية للإعلان فرعد كويت وموقع كويت بودكاست وبودكاست Launch من إنتاج الزنكي انتربيزز Okay, let's get started with today's episode in Launch on Fire podcast. I'm so excited today to introduce my guest, John Mattoon. John, are you ready for the launch of this episode?
1: I am, Khalid.
0: Awesome. John is one of the world's leadership and talent management authority and author of seven books, including recent international bestseller books with over 30 years of experience in the fields of leadership development and... A human capital management, also executive coach to former CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs. John is an entrepreneur who has built two consulting firms. Uh, John, I have given our listener just a quick overview about you. So, John, take a minute or so to tell us about yourself, and so our listeners get to know you and give us an overview about the role of leadership and talent management in business.
1: Thank you, Khalid. It's great to be on the show. Um, I uh, would like to share with the listeners that, um, I, and I appreciate the, the, the warm introduction. Uh, when I hear those introductions, I uh, often pinch myself. It's, I don't know if that's me. It, uh, you know, I feel like uh, professionally I, I've accomplished a lot. I'm really most proud of my family. My wife, uh, Gail and I have been married 38 years um, and uh, we're, we're proud parents of four adult children. They're all doing well. Uh, so, um, you know, that, that's, that's really, uh, honestly, the most important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting thing, I wrote uh, Intelligent Leadership, came out in 2013, became a bestseller. And uh, funny story about that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote a book uh, in the first iteration of my brand from uh, uh, 1987 to 1997. Khalid, we're going back many, many years. But from age 30 to 40, I ran my own business uh, and I took a risk. Uh, I gave up a salary uh, at 29 years old. And we had two little kids at home at the time, but I told my wife I got to follow my vision. So I, I created uh, my first speaking business and, uh, and, I, and I was moderately successful. Uh, I wrote a book called Success Yourself in 1996. Um, kind of a funny story looking back now, the mm-hmm. publisher Master Media in New York City literally five days after that book got published went bankrupt. Oops! Uh, I was left with thousands of books uh, in my house, and it was towards the end of uh, that period where I was getting really tired of travel and so on and so forth. So um, I gave it up. I literally threw all the books out. and kept one. I kept one book, and I kept on looking at it. Said that book uh, is is got good things in it.
0: It's tough when you have yeah, thousands of books. It, it, it was. In the garage. It was
1: tough, but. Uh, I continued to coach, and I continued to do that kind of work, and, and make a long story short, the bestseller in 2013, Intelligent Leadership, was essentially Success Yourself. So, I took the book, I rewrote it, I updated it with new research, uh, my experiences, uh, and the assessment that I built in 1996 that Steve Jobs eventually took uh, in 2010. Uh, that assessment, the first iteration of that assessment was in that book. Now we're Mm -hmm. going back 21 years ago, and then obviously I've since validated the the instrument. Um, So interesting story, a lot of people don't know about
0: that. I have a question for you before we start our conversation. How you came across Steve Jobs as a coach?
1: I got a phone call. I got a phone call because I knew some people at Apple uh, who were validating my uh, assessment called the Matone Leadership Enneagram Inventory. He took the assessment, it wasn't even online at the time, it was a paper and pencil test, he took mm-hmm. it, and he wanted to know what the results meant. And that led to two rather powerful coaching sessions that I had with him in California.
0: Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yep. So I'm excited and thrilled to have you today in the podcast, and Thank on you. top of that, we always start our podcast with a success coach that has um, impacted your life. Yes. So a please quote. take it away, yeah.
1: Well. I, uh, it's not a quote, but it's a poem. Mm -hmm. And the poem actually, I like to, to share with my audiences. And it goes like this. Be careful of your beliefs for your beliefs become your thoughts. Be careful of your thoughts. Your thoughts become your feelings. Be careful of your feelings for your feelings become your actions. Be careful of your actions for your actions become your habits. Mm -hmm. Be careful of your habits. Your habits become your character and be careful of your character. Your character determines your destiny. So, um, I don't know who ever, uh, said that, poem. Uh, however, it's a powerful poem, and it reinforces the notion that as people and as leaders, we've got to understand the linkages, how, how all of our mind connects to our outer core behavior. And if your thinking patterns, mm-hmm. Khalid, are not good, they're not healthy, they're not positive there's no way that you're going to experience the feelings that it kind of unleash your, yourself and other people. And there's no way they're going to be able, be able to execute the kinds of behaviors that you need to execute. So that's what I would say. That one that one is really very near and dear to my heart.
0: Can you give us a story how this influenced your life and your career as a coach and as an entrepreneur as well?
1: Well, it, it does. It does. In fact, I, I always go back to it. You know, I actually uh, learned the linkages that I just shared, learning how to drive a car. You know, when I learned how to drive... Uh, with my dad, and you know, my my thinking was, and it was a, it was a learning how to drive a stick shift that I can't do this. But eventually, through trial and error and support, right from my dad, I was able to convert the I can'ts into I can, I will, I must. Mm-hmm. And so, if you look a a lot of the writing that I do and the speaking that I do, um, I around culture transformation and transforming leaders, I. Try to teach a foundation of the mindset can, I will, I must. And to extend it, we can, we will, we must. Thinking, feelings as the foundation for execution, whether you're an individual uh, or you're leading a team.
0: Awesome. John, what I want to really do right now is dive in into our major topic of today, which is talent management role in business and specifically for small businesses. Yes. Based on your experience, what are the challenges? that businesses are facing today, especially small ones?
1: Well, it's talent. I mean, ultimately, um, if you look at entrepreneurial organizations, Khalid, you know, the failure has really very little to do with not having a product or service. You know, most entrepreneurs are pretty good around creating products and services that offer some differentiation. And the second thing is a lot of people have this mistaken notion that, hey, we can't get customers and we can't get clients. Those are not the reasons why small entrepreneurial organizations fail. Mm-hmm. It comes down to talent. It comes down to not having the right people uh, on your team, you know, in order to move your brand forward, move your culture forward, so on and so forth. Um, so I think talent, uh, leadership, and culture are themes that are paramount in terms of importance for any entrepreneur listening in. Uh, it really comes down to making sure that you recruit, select the best of the best. It, and it's hard because people have choices. Uh, it, a lot depends on the region that you're in. But uh, you've got to have a system around selecting and and and, and really recruiting the best people, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to have a system around uh, you know, if, if your organization's big enough, succession plans and promoting and stuff like that, you got to be really accurate about that. You've got to provide opportunities for people to grow and develop, be enriched, right, so they don't leave. Mm-hmm. All of those things are, uh, I would say, even more important for the small business owner uh, than, than some of the large companies, quite frankly.
0: Because it's a small organization. It is small, exactly. So, you can't, it's right. Exactly. So how would you define talent in your own words, John?
1: Um, I would say that talent is uh, it's, it's the human asset. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person's going to be a future uh, CEO, or future leader, so on and so forth. Everybody on your team has got to provide a unique talent. And, and your goal is to complement so that, so that you assemble a team that has complementary skills and talents. So that ultimately you can move the needle forward and support your business goals.
0: But you know nowadays, even if you have talented team and not talented team, True. it's it's kind of a weird mix sometimes in the organization. It is. So what to do as a leader or as a business owner today?
1: Well, you've got to make sure that you're meeting needs. Uh, everybody is very unique. Everybody's got very unique needs. The best leaders, there's no question, are incredible role models. Uh, they're like magnets, um, Khalid. They're they're people who Uh, engender uh, a passion about, I want to follow this person. I believe in this person. Um, This person's leading me and the organization in the right direction. We don't have enough of those people running around, you know, and that's why I do the work that I do. I'm trying to move the needle Mm -hmm. uh, through my speaking workshops, retreats, and uh, coaching, but um, you're right. It's always going to be a challenge. And I think that's part of dealing with it too, is recognizing it's there's no real quick, easy answer on anything involving people. there just there just isn't. But if you can keep to the certain tenets of uh, you know getting people uh, who have great character, right the right value system, um, you're, you're gonna you're gonna shorten the curve for you and, and, and your and your and your uh, organization.
0: Awesome. So John, from all the lessons you had from failures, whether you're working with organizations and businesses or from your own business, what is the one main important lesson you learned?
1: I would say that uh, in the end, uh, you've got to ask yourself, and I, and I learned this actually from Steve Jobs. In fact, we, we all have. I'm not sure the extent to which we understand and truly embrace this notion. But the notion of thinking differently and thinking big, to me, is a pillar that if you're going to disrupt yourself and become the best that you can be, and you're going to disrupt others. And, and by the way, I think Steve Jobs was, I think his legacy is one of, in fact, I told him that. I told him flat out that he is going to go down as the greatest disruptor ever. He disrupted the comfort zone.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what he did. His comfort zone. His the-
1: comfort zone, other people's comfort zones. Um, he was not happy unless people were being disrupted. and Because he knew that through disruption and support, that's the key to unlocking learning and becoming the best that you can be. So we got a lot of people in their comfort zones nowadays, right? Big time. There it is. So the key really is to, to unlock it. So his legacy in my mind was he, uh, incredible. Disruptive. Wasn't he
0: afraid of using the disruption strategy with talent within the organization?
1: Well, actually he talked a lot about, uh, some, of the, some of the old videos don't really go to it, but he was actually a big proponent of leadership, big proponent of talent, and culture. In fact, in his Cupertino speech in 1997, he talked about those elements um, around thinking differently and thinking big. So this is what I've learned. I think thinking differently, thinking big. If you're an entrepreneur, there's there's no room for thinking small and thinking the same. You're not going to go anywhere unless you have the courage to think differently and think big. Can't do that alone. You've got to counterbalance with humility. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a lot of humility too. So that's what I would say.
0: Awesome. Uh, John, let's go into another side of our conversation today. Let's okay. talk about the uh, aha moment that you have had in your journey into entrepreneurship. Really take us there and share with us that moment.
1: Okay. Well, the, I'd say the aha moment was when I was 39 years old, moderately successful, uh, nine years into my business, right? The book doesn't do well. Um, you know, the publisher goes bankrupt, I, I'm burned out traveling all over the world. We've got four kids at home at the time, missing games, missing birthdays and everything. And uh, that's when I, I was, that was the first inflection point, I think. I, 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 I just gave up, I just gave up. I went back in the corporate world for 15 years. And at age 55, I made the decision to branch back out again. That was five years ago, I'm 60 now. So I made the decision at 55. The aha for me was, why did I not succeed the first time around? Mm-hmm. And it was because, honestly, I thought I had all the answers, Khalid, okay? I wasn't open to people who were around me, but I didn't seek them out for guidance, support, feedback. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. all need a board of directors. I call them boards of directors. We need seven people at least that we can go to for, for life. And, and I, never, I never leveraged the incredible greatness around me, including my wife. I never, never, I, I thought I had all the answers. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't vulnerable. So what I've learned, uh, and, I, and I've learned then in my coaching and work with leaders, that if a person, a leader, makes the decision to be vulnerable, which is having the courage to look inside and say, hey, I'm good in certain areas, right, mm-hmm. and embrace your strengths. Actually, that's vulnerability too. True. There's a lot of people who don't embrace their gifts and strengths. And my question is, why not? They've, they've served you well. Continue to polish in, uh, those gifts and strengths. And so my big aha was that that didn't earn anything for me, not being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So this time, five years ago, when I relaunched, I changed my whole, became really a different person and I became very vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. I'm open to everything. I have a small team of people. I'm open to their feedback. Nothing I do in my business is without their guidance and support. Khalid, is incredible. Guess what? Better decisions are being made. Guess what? written six books in five years. Wow! Lots of good things are happening. It's a direct result of making the decision to be vulnerable. We need to teach it to our kids as well. Kids need to learn how to be vulnerable. And when
0: you teach that tactic and strategy to to leaders, what would be usually the reaction to it?
1: Well, honestly, most leaders are, are, they, they intellectually understand it. Most leaders haven't leveraged the concept or the construct enough. So what I try to do is I try to tell them through storytelling, through sharing my own story, what it did for me. And then what I'll do is I'll very often connect them with other successful mentors, other CEOs, even outside their industry, Mm -hmm. where they can learn from those people the importance of that critical decision. And that will often be enough to instigate action in that direction
0: awesome yeah so john i have for you one classic question in okay. leadership All right. which people always ask about of course is leadership a trait people born with or it's something that you acquire over time and experience
1: yeah well i think it's both honestly um i wouldn't be doing what i do if i didn't believe that people could not get better as leaders i i believe that people can get better as leaders Um, In fact, when I coach, I always do a survey post Mm -hmm. the coaching engagement. And I I use a survey approach called Leader Watch. And what we do is we want to make sure that the stakeholders, the people around that leader have observed actual changes, positive changes in their behavior. And 99% of the time, we have positive movement, okay? Mm -hmm. So I believe, though, to be quite honest with you, not unlike an athlete, I mean, not everybody can be a professional athlete, okay? So there's a DNA. There's no question there's an inner DNA that I think leads some people to be able to lead others, uh, be a magnet, have a certain aura about them that people look to and they say, I can follow that person, I will follow that person. There's no question there's a DNA. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't have the DNA and you're not going to be a CEO, because most people aren't going to be CEOs, it doesn't minimize the importance of becoming the best that you can be. And, and we all know, right? You can, you can improve your decision-making skills. You can improve your strategic thinking skills. You can improve the skills and make an impact in the world. But you've got to be able to look inside uh, and, and make improvements there. So if your value system you know, is, is not where it needs to be, your thinking patterns are messed up, you know what I'm saying? True. If those things are messed up, you're out of core, your, your decision-making, all of that's going to be messed up. So that's how I would answer it. Um, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly.
0: Something that you highlighted is important. I think over here we are talking about the role of knowledge acquisition and training. Yes. In your personal opinion, what is the role of the training and knowledge acquisition, especially for leaders? Yes. Because some of the leaders, they are really reluctant, and they they think yeah. that they know the answers for everything.
1: Yeah, and there's a lack of vulnerability, right, that mm-hmm. we were just talking about. So anyway, you know what I would say? I would say knowledge acquisition... Um, really ties into this whole notion of agility i love that word because i tend to think of agility as a key component to growth Mm -hmm. so if you're not learning agile if you're not willing to go after information um like what we do in the podcast yeah this this is a good example of this you know, I interviewed 14 CEOs for the cultural transformation book uh, last year. Book mm-hmm. came out in 2016, early 2016. I was, I was struck. Uh, in fact, I I interviewed two very successful uh, CEOs right here in the region, mm-hmm. uh, Nabil Al-Alawi from Almansor Engineering and uh, Harubal Katani from Oman LNG. And um, I asked both of them um, the, the, the 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 what they look for in identifying their next set of leaders, and both of them said the same thing. I said. I said, "What is it?" And they said, "We're looking for people who are maniacal about learning." They use the word maniac, maniacal about learning. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, "That really, I love that. I love that term." We really, we really need people not to sit back. We need people to to get out of their comfort zone and mm-hmm. go after the information that they need. Right. To move the business forward. And so if you're an entrepreneur listening, you know, and, and you're lacking information in a certain, go after it. There's nothing to hold you back.
0: Take a, take a break of what you do in the it. business and, and go after it, Absolutely. whether it's income weight or tech weight as Absol- well. Absolutely, awesome. So, what is the number one advice you would give to small business owners to take their business or elevate their business to the next level?
1: It it is about talent. There's no question about it. That you you know you you once you, you know you, you, it's it's going to be an iterative process. Recognize that yes, you're you're an entrepreneur. You're a risk taker. I would call you more of an activist. You're you're out there making things happen. Uh, you're excited and passionate about your products and bring it to, the, you know, the, the world and providing abundance and so on and so forth. But I would say that you've got to get people on your team who complement your gifts and your strengths and listen to them, listen to them, uh, and make sure that uh, you've got a complementary set of skills. And I, and I think, you know, uh, a- as you execute, don't be afraid to stop. Do your due diligence, right? Correct mm-hmm. action and
0: then move forward. And do you advise entrepreneurs and small business owners to really focus in talent acquisition and forget about the competition? Like Steve Jobs was really focusing into internally how to make their products better right. and actually make a disruption in the marketplace. Absolutely. It's, without looking into the competition. Well,
1: that's true. In fact, the the reference point was always inside, always. And I, and I think what you've got to be able to do is you've got to you know, within your your goal and your mission, your vision, what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. make sure make sure that you get a players, the a players, just like Steve Jobs and Jack Welch. You know the the um, you know the the bigger brands, but when you look at some of the smaller brands that have done amazing, you know, like Zappos, for example, what an incredible mm-hmm. brand! That's an entrepreneurial uh, company. I mean, when you True. look at it, the founders of that organization were were people who just were amazing in assembling the right team, creating a culture that unleashed people, right? In mm-hmm. support of the operating imperative, you know? So I, I, I would encourage that significantly.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to ask you another side of the question right now is, what is the best ever advice you have ever received?
1: The best advice I've ever received? I was, um, I was hired at a graduate school by a gentleman by the name of Lou Larson. No longer with us, but uh, I was what 25, 26 years old, and um, I got I got hired into a, a large oil company by the name of Conoco, and he said, you know, there's something about you. We're gonna we're gonna put you in doing training programs in front of older people, engineers, um, and we're gonna have you talk about mm-hmm. leadership. And I looked at Mr. Larson at that time, and I said, Mr. Larson, I know nothing about leadership. I'm 25 years old. He said you don't need to know anything about leadership. What you need to do is you need to believe that you can move people. He said, we will teach you the concepts, but what I'm going to invest in is your passion. There was something about that there was a connection, obviously, that he saw in me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I believe that you can bring to the world all all within you. And so that, that piece of advice really rattled me and it has stuck with me my whole life. Uh, and it's really a Core of my teaching now that there's nothing that can stop you.
0: Was it the reason to really shift your attention and really focus into that as something that you want to do for the future? I
1: had to succeed. It was. It was. It was like I had no option here. This I did not want to. You had only
0: make it or or make it, not make it or break it. It was.
1: I. I must. I can. I will. Mm -hmm. I must. I must. And when you when you when you've got people in your business who are walking around every day saying, "I can execute. I will execute." I must execute, people execute. That's the key.
0: True, awesome. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that contributed to your success?
1: Okay. Well, um, I get up early. Um, You know, I'm up at four in the morning. Mm. And so people ask me all the time, how do you find the time with all the travel, right? And to write this and that. And I wrote all my books from four to six in the morning.
0: Wow! All of them. Amazing. What time do you go to bed?
1: Well, I'm well now. I'm now I'm in bed like around eight (laughs) or nine. You know, I'm exhausted, but I still get up at four in the morning and I work out physically. I think it's important to, um, you know, to keep your physical health. So that's important. Mm -hmm. But a regimen, a discipline, uh, is very important. Four to six early morning, where you've got time to reflect, think, right, organize your day. You know, if you're writing, you know, you're thinking about your business plan early. Get If you get up at six, why not get up at five? Have another hour. Nobody's around. You can focus. That's been a big thing for me. Absolutely huge.
0: Awesome. If you just recommend one book for our listener, so which book do you recommend? Well, on, honestly, I think... We'll, we'll go through the list of the books that you authored as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say... The best book that had the biggest impact on me in my life was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey, no longer with us. That's, in my mind, the greatest book ever written. And the reason is, um, if you're an entrepreneur, talks about things that you're probably not going to think about but are things that are going to activate your heart, your mind, and your soul. Everything that he talks about is inside, internal. And so I think that book... Uh, that book would be, for me, number one on the list. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: What's about your books right now? Which one do you recommend for entrepreneurs?
1: For entrepreneurs, I would say cultural transformations mm-hmm. uh, because it's so critical. In fact, I think it's a core ingredient to success that you build a culture that's going to support your operating imperative. Mm, so nice. I think that book that book are, would, would help entrepreneurs. And this, the, uh, in, honestly, intelligent leadership talks about the nine traits mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs. In fact, there's been many articles uh, that have been written about how do you apply this to entrepreneurism, and there's no question it does. You know, what traits uh, do you have within you as an entrepreneur? Where are you mature as an entrepreneur? And where are you not mature? Steve Jobs was not mature when he took my assessment. He scored a, a 59 on this trait called the artist trait. Uh, Khalid and the artist trait is the creativity, the intuition, right thinking outside the box. I have never had a leader score 59. He scored at the ninth percentile. You can't score higher on my assessment. But he was also immature as an artist. What it revealed was that under stress, we would start to see the bad behaviors that we tend to see that are associated with him in the movies and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. He became very self-absorbed under stress. Uh, he became very individualistic, not collaborative. In fact, when he was operating on great cylinders, he was very collaborative. That, that's when he was at his best. Mm-hmm. He would work a room. He, w- he would ask questions. It would be an incredible dialogue. When things were going well, under stress, you wouldn't see that. So there's good and bad with all those traits. Mm-hmm. And I think as an entrepreneur, you want to get calibrated on, hey, where am I mature? Where am I? Where am I weak? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want you want to focus in on. Hey, where am I weak and what can I do better? So that book has strategies on what you can do That would help
0: to improve that. Weakness. Absolutely. Awesome. As, a, awesome. as
1: an entrepreneurial leader, absolutely.
0: So, John, one piece of guidance on how our listeners can find you and connect with you online.
1: Well, that, that would be great, Khalid. A um, couple things. The website, uh, very simple, it's johnmatone, M A T T O N E dot com. Uh, just hit the website. Uh, there's all kinds of forms if you're interested in information. Um, You can read my blog. I'm very active blogging, write a couple blogs a week. You can write to uh, me directly at john at johnmatone.com or Mm -hmm. info at johnmatone.com. We're very, very quick about responding. Uh, When I'm traveling, I'm still quick. The info goes to a couple of our people. Uh, and we'll get back to you we want to help in any way that we can
0: awesome on behalf of our listeners thank you so much for sharing the information ideas and thoughts about talent management especially for small businesses and entrepreneurs and with our launch on fire podcast audience as well and we hope you enjoy your stay in kuwait as well
1: uh, wonderful khalid thank you so much for being uh for having me on the show uh i enjoyed it tremendously thank you thank so you.
0: much for being with us till this late at night now recording this episode for our listeners no. my as well. pleasure my pleasure awesome awesome this is the final uh, segment of our episode uh, for today. You have been listening to Launch on Fire podcast with your host Khaled Zenki. كاست لونشون فيير أول بودكاست أو عربي متخصص ومهتم في عالم ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة في العالم. يجيكم من الكويت اللي هي تعتبر قلب عاصمة ريادة الأعمال في الخليج والشرق الأوسط. بودكاست لونشون فاير موجود في الآيتونز تيونز تقدرون تتابعون حلقاتنا وتكون سبسكرايب من خلال برنامج البودكاست الموجود في الآب ستور لجهاز آبل. أو اللي موجود في الويندوز ستور بالإضافة إلى برنامج ستيتشر الموجود في كل الأجهزة أو عن طريق موقعنا الإلكتروني أو موقع البودكاست launchonfire.com وهم بإمكانكم تتابعون حساباتنا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي at launchonfire وإذا عندكم أحد مهتم في ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة دزولة لينك الموقع أو سولة منشن في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي على أن نلقاكم إن شاء الله في الحلقة الياية